Welcome to the Draft.biz Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors, possibly one of the craziest episodes we've done where we try to predict the top 10 for each position in AFL Fantasy in October, before the trade period's even finished. Unbelievable scenes, we don't know what's going on, Uh, and of course, I'm joined by one of my lovely, lovely co-hosts, who actually does know what's going on, so that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a curveball. Seisman, how are you? I'm doing very well. I must admit, I'm a, a very busy boy right now. And uh, I've put about five minutes preparation into this. So it, it is a bit of that gut feel. There's uh, Most things I do are all database, but this one's a bit of a gut feel. And it's way too early for this. But this is a good thing. You do this now and you see the preseason form. It gives you a really good indicator of where your mind's was uh, where your mind was and where your mind's at now. And it does help when you're going through those uh, those drafts, when you look back and look at all the, the information, the gut feel, the data, and actually put it into place when you find someone that is being pushed back by others that you might be able to snap up a bargain. I actually think it's really interesting. This is probably the first time I've done a full top 10 uh, before I know what the positions are. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I find it really freeing because I'm not actually influenced. It's like, well, who cares if I'm wrong? Like, that's fine at this point. Like, we're yeah. so far away from pre-season, let alone uh, something that matters, that it's like, well, I can just... This is where I'm having this player. And often I find if I do rankings early, I talk myself out of things. And by the time the season happens, I'm like really down on a player I was higher on three months earlier and, and uh, I missed the boat on that player and, and of course they do great things. So I, I find this freeing and it'll be interesting to, to look at this in March in draft season. Yeah, absolutely. The, the one thing that's rattling in my head is take away the potential positional changes. So we're going to get a few of these wrong and they might be just wrong by a small amount of percentage, but they they therefore don't get DPP. But the one I really struggled with is the rucks. So I got to about six position and after that I'm going, my God, I'm guessing here, because there'll be people that come out of the blue that end up being their R1 that have got the potential to jump over the guys I've got at 7, 8, 9 and 10. Yeah, I went through to about 8 and I'm like, I'm really comfortable here. Uh, and that doesn't include like Rowan Marshall, who's who will have as a forward. Um, but yep. And I think that's the beauty of where we're at now with uh, the new rules and, and the dual ruck system, which is basically coming into every Taking team. Over. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I think you're going to sort sort of see instead of having those real outlier rucks who you're taking in the top sort of three four picks of your draft, it's going to be more condensed, and that they're going to be better value. Yeah, absolutely. So we've had a, a few moves to start off the the trade period, but we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, the free agents. We're going to do over two shows. That'll be great. We'll talk about all those moves. Later, we've had a few free agents. 
Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in this show, I suppose, because it, it directly affects some of the players we'll be talking about. So did you have it a position does. you wanted to start with? We've got the four positions here. No one really cares about the rocks. I'm very structured. I'm very structured, boy. I need to start defence. Loves the D. That's, that's what, how the they D. line up. Yep. Love the D. Loves the D. So, do you want to, do you want to kick us off with your defenders? Are we, we, are we, we're actually planning, I was actually planning on shooting through my, um, my list of Stato, but life happened. So, we, we are flying blind. We have no idea who each other have ranked here. This is going to be pandemonium, listeners. Pandemonium. Yeah. So my defenders are, number one, Lockie Whitfield. That's, of course, if he definitely gets defender status. Number two, Aaron Hall. Number three, Jake Lloyd. Number four, Jack Crisp, but could be with the bullet if he gets that confirmed midfield time. Number five, Jordan Dawson, potentially with a bullet as well. Christian Salem at six. Uh, Jaden Short at seven. Jack Lacocious at eight. Jordan Ridley, uh, because of the move of getting Kelly as the stopper role in Essendon, I think that frees him up. And number 10, George Hewitt, the inside midfielder at Carlton. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was like wondering where you were going with George Hewitt, but I mm, I don't like it. Uh, we've got so many players different, Stato. We are so far apart. That's like beautiful. Miles, miles. I didn't. Think but I will gonna... say, Cam Cam predicted George Hewitt to be the number one fantasy scorer two draft packs ago. Number one scorer for the whole competition because of an inside midfield role. Surely he makes the top 10 in defence. Yeah, no, I'm not seeing that life. Um, wow. So I had Hall at two. I had Hall at one, sorry. Lloyd at two. Crisp at three. Crisp actually worries me more than I'm bullish. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitfield, I had at four. He, he He's just one of those guys who just, it just seems to go wrong for him. I, I don't know why. Like, you know those guys who just have bad luck, whether it's injury or whatever's gone on in the past. We have got the same top four. Yeah, we have, we have. So it's so it's splitting hairs, really. I've got Daniel yep. Rich at five. You don't have him. No, I see no. Like Daniel Rich to me is one of the. He's like Tom Stewart. He's just so safe. There's no one else back there. Who is doing anything? They he'll take all the kickouts. Uh, he he's the main distributor. The only reason I can see it going bad is if he gets tagged. Which, if I was an opposition coach, I would absolutely tag the hell out of Daniel Rich. <laughs> I just have a problem in saying I think this season for him is a bit of an outlier. This is this is, I predicted him to be good, so I'm really like to me this is sort of what I expected. Like I had him across the board. Yeah, okay. I'm just having a look at his history. So we're talking Daniel Rich, average ninety eight this year. His previous five seasons were sixty seven. That that's COVID affected, so let's call it eighty. 
mid-80s. Uh, 88, 71, 75, 82, 72, 60, 67. So that's all the way back to 2013. I think this is one's just out of the box. Um, there is the potential uh, of saying that... Um, that with uh, a defender missing out of that group, which they will have, um, I'm trying to think of his name, number 14 for Hawthorne. Isn't that shocking? Grant Birchall. Uh, with Birchall out of that, then maybe he's the go-to kicker all the time, as Birchall was. So there's a potential he can keep it up. But that is so far, he is 15 points higher than any other season. No, 10 points higher than any other season, 15 over and 20 over for the majority. Yeah, and that, and that's fine, but uh, coming into this year, he was unders because of the injury games. Like He was playing under duress in 2020. Before that, we never had the kick-in, the kick play-on rule uh, that scored your points. I, I see him as an absolute yeah. lay-down Mazaire. Like it's, there's no one else there. If, and if I was Brisbane, I'd be going hell-bent trying to find another halfback. It's his 14th season as well. He's getting a bit long in the tooth. Mate, you know what Shannon Hearn's uh, non-injury games were this year? Yeah, yeah pretty impressive. Pretty... Yeah, fair call. Um, I, I... You could be right, Steve, but I just yeah, stayed away. Well, I mean, like, the, the other point side is... I look at so many of these other teams and they're trying to add half-backs because that's where all the kicks get taken. That, that's where people want yeah. the kicks to be taken. So to me, there's a lot of teams that have a yeah. lot of competition. Who else you got, mate? their half-back line. Uh, Brisbane's one of the safest. So six, I had Tom Stewart. Uh, whether the foot flares up over the preseason, we'll see how that plays out. Seven. It was the foot that kept me out. If Cam's worried, I'm worried. Yeah, Cam... Cam. Don't worry about Cam. Um, seven, yeah, se- seven I had short also. Eight, I had Hearn without the injury games. He averages 98 last year. No one else has taken those kicks down there. Um, obviously, the age is the worry. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Nine, I had Doc, but we'll see how that shapes out over the preseason as well. Ten, I had Heppel. Mm. Uh, I think the guys you had that was different to me was Dawson. Um so we'll see what happens with Dawson. I, I'm pretty keen to rank him highly. Uh, Dwayne Russell suggests they're playing him forward, which I find insane. Um, yeah. And Dwayne Russell... I think wing. So let's move into the midfield. I will say I've straight batted this one, mate, to be honest. It was was hard to ignore. There were a couple of players that were down on their best form. I'm expecting a, a full rise. Uh, apologies here to Lockie Neal. I couldn't fit him in. Um, I felt like he's potential with a bit of bounce back. But I've got, at one, Tom Mitchell. At two, Jack McRae. At three, Zach Merritt. At four, I'm giving a bit of respect to this uh, to this season for the next two, in Jack Steele and Took Miller. Uh, at six, I have Clayton Oliver. At seven, I have Sam Walsh. I think he is going to continue to improve. I've got Christian Petrarca at eight. I've got Callum Mills after 110 year in his first year of the, the midfield and some massive ceilings sneaking in at nine. And I have Josh Kelly because I couldn't avoid uh, the man himself at 10. 
although I will say there's quite a few apologies in this. It's really hard to um, to separate so many that are vying for that uh, um, between eight and and fifteen. To be honest, yeah. Look, we got it. This, you know, we got eight the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had Mitchell at one. No difference there. I had McRae at three. So one different there. I had Steele at two. Uh, seems really safe to me. Yep. Uh, I had Zerat at five, so different to you at three. Two spots. What are you going to do? Uh, yep. I had Petrarca at four. You had him at eight. It's a little bit different. Um, I think he's pretty, yeah. pretty safe in this goal scoring. Uh, get outside. I had Took Miller at seven. You had him at five. Whatever. I'm just a fraction down. Uh, I had Sam Walsh at yep. eight. You had him at seven. I think that's really fair. Uh, Callum Mills, you had at nine. I had him at ten. So yep. different. Where's Oliver? Uh, he's just outside. So I had Adams at yep. six. Taylor Adams. Uh, I, I love Taylor Adams. He's right. just such a fantasy star. Yeah. The injuries are the, the concern, obviously. Um, you never get away from mm-hmm. that, but that's what it is. Uh, Andy Brayshaw at nine. Yeah, he was really close for me. Um, so I was debating that 10 spot. I was looking at Andy Brayshaw. actually looked at Sarong too. Because Sarong's last three were 117. And I just wonder, um, with that natural growth that he's going to have hitting in his third season, is he going to do a Sammy Walsh and step up to be a premier? I don't think they're the same player. Um, so No, agreed. No, no, I'm just talking about the step. So why I like Brayshaw is Cher is the outside player. That, that's where he wins. It, it's on the outside. It's not the inside. Yep. Fife missed those last few games. Chera yep. went inside and scored well. Um, but let's not forget Brayshaw was mm-hmm. missed one of those games and was injured in another. So there was plenty of opportunity for Sarong to be good. Uh, I, I think Brayshaw wins a little. He's just, a, in my opinion, I think he's a superstar. Yeah, he's a top 15 easy next year. At, at, there's so many guys who can roll through there. So many. We're going to do forwards yep. or we're going to save um, them to let's last? Let's talk through what, the what, shit what, fight what? that is called the Rucks. Yeah, the Rucks. All right, all right. Let's save the Rucks to last. All right. No, no, no. We'll do the, so we'll do the, the No, we'll do the forwards last because I reckon it's going to be just this. The I think the forwards are what people want to know because everyone's like, who's getting forward stats? Who's getting forward stats? Yeah. That's, that's the debate. Yep. That's very fair. All right, so the Rucks, um, I'm stepping the number one man from this year down to three. Luke Jackson only has a bigger impact in my eyes for Maxi Gorn. So I've got Grundy at one, I've got Sean Darcy at two, and I've got Max Gorn at three. I won't be surprised if they're in any form of different order, those three, to be honest, though. Uh, at four is where I started to struggle, to be honest. I've gone Riley O'Brien because he's done it before and we are talking about him being in the top three last year. I've got Scott Lysette very uncomfortably at five. Uh, Nick Natanui had one of his best years, but he's still not a AFL fantasy scoring beast. He certainly is with Supercoach. So I've got him at six. Um, expected recovery, I've got... Toby Nankervis at seven, and with Chol and um, 
And the other option, younger option in Callum, gone as well. I think he takes more, number one. Um, also understanding that Soldo may be back. So it'll be interesting to see whether he's uh, fighting for a spot there. I've got Goldstein at eight, and probably the last time that he ever fits in one of these lists. Oscar McInerney very uncomfortably at nine. And I found it really hard, and someone else is going to pop up for this, but I thought returning from injury, Jared Witts might sneak into the top ten. Yeah, I don't. I can't say I hate it. I can't say I hate it. Um, we got probably almost all the same names, but just the order's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I had Grundy at one. Also, I had Gorn at two. I think he still scores if Jackson's yep. in the ruck. That, yeah, that's great. All. Um, Darcy, yep. uh, despite being a great Western Victorian, it's just he gets injured all the fucking time. Hey. The other thing that worries me is his best scores came against teams that were just... Oh, throwing. mate, you just picked Taylor Adams in the top 10 midfielders. Yeah, okay. Well, this is my other concern is his best scores came against when he was playing against a witch's hat in the ruck. And I... Like that'll happen yep. again, but well, he I just really named I just that. named six of them in my list. Yeah. Oh no. Which is no, no. He was, you know, <laughs> when he was up when when the Suns were rolling out Chris Burgess and he was dropping one fifties on them, like you know, Chrissy Burgess yeah. as Dossie would. <laughs> I also had Robert for despite being bad, he wasn't. Like, he was bad on where you drafted him. He was fine-ish. Uh, I also had Lysette at five. I think there's a little bit of upside with Lysette. Mm. Okay. Yeah, with Laddams possibly Yeah. Out. Not that you're comfortable. But um, yeah. it would cost you everything. I have Goldie at six. I have Nank also at seven. I have Nick Nat at eight. I'm not, I love Nick Nat, but he's just not a fantasy player. Uh, Big O at nine. I have McAvoy mm-hmm. at ten. Uh, Segler on the trade block, and but maybe they go Reeves. Yep. I don't. I don't know. It's who cares at that point. I'd be mm. quite happy with Sam Draper by then. Yeah, I wonder if Mac. Yeah, I was close to putting Sam Draper at ten, but I, I still want to see a little bit more. It looks like he's a real competitor, but I don't know if he's going to be a big fantasy scorer yet. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I think there's probably a move or two over the preseason that'll uh, give some clarity towards that end of the ruck line. Yeah, absolutely. And just for the listeners, um, currently uh, Steve is uh, working his way through what looks like to be a hurricane because sometimes his walls are shaking a little bit. So that's why we've had a little bit of a bad connection every now and again. So I hope all is safe in Western Victoria, mate. Yeah, this is the best weather we've seen in two weeks. It's uh, 45k winds and uh, coming in sideways. Good day for Western Victoria. Uh, but on to the Ford State. Oh, and all this right. is, let's go to the mess. This is always the, the contentious issue because, uh, as we know, the good players, they rest forward. Uh, and they'll take CBAs and they'll go forward. That is where you want your good players to be. We're never sure who's going to pick up forward status. We're never sure who's got the time. So we're taking our best educated guesses as to who will attract yep. forward status this year. So 
It's October, for Christ's sake. We, we don't know the positions, and we do joke that Warney knows knows and releases all the position, and um, he, he doesn't. We, we thank him for playing along with the, the one no. of the worst bits we've ever done. But, <laughs> 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 but that's fine. God bless Warney. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the greatest. So, uh, Stato, why don't you drop us your top 10 forwards as they stand without knowing any position. You don't know my positions, sort of. No, no. I'm hoping I got most of this right, to be honest. So there was a lot of players that had forward status last year that I just did not consider, which made this list extremely thin. So I'll roll through the 10. Dane Zorko at one. Hard to see him not continue close to that level of scoring. I've got Josh Dunkley at two. So I'm forgiving him for his second half return from injury. I'm just purely and simply going on what his potential is and how he started the season where he was playing forward but rotating through the midfield. I've got Rowan Marshall at three. I've got Jordan Dugowie at four. I have Taran Thomas at five. Um, uh, the fucking gun, Toby Green. At six, uh, Isaac Heaney with his more midfield time uh, popping in at seventh. Uh, Zach Butters at eight. I think he is ready to explode. I think even Kane Corns uh, had him as number one for, for players for massive improvement for next season. Uh, still side bottom at nine, and there was a couple that I sort of wanted ahead. Um I looked at Tim English. I just said, no, thanks for this stage. Uh, but if he gets the number one rock roll, he'll definitely be in this top 10. I really found it hard for 10th position. So I fell to with an ageing midfielder, midfield, and wanting some stars to rotate through there. I've gone shy Bolton. I can't hate your list, Dato. I can't hate your list. It's wildly different oh. to mine. You can hate me, but not my list. I don't hate you. I love, I love you. You're, you're good. You're a good man. Interestingly, we've got the same top four. Thanks, buddy. Just different order. Oh, wow. So just different order. Ah, okay. I, uh, I had... Who's one? Yeah, no, I had Zorko at one. I'm not convinced he retains forward. Okay. Uh, I think he comes back to the pack slightly. Oh, okay. Um, but I've left him in as a forward for now. I've got uh, Marshall at two, obviously the pride. How could you not? I got to go at three, <laughs> which fills yep, me with terror. Uh, 106 average in the last, uh, what was it, last mm, eight, pretty whatever impressive. it was. Um, but again, I'm terrified about uh, the the ex-Richmond assistant coming in with more possession game plan, uh, uh, with a lower possession game plan. To go, he really builds through marks. So if there's less marks, yeah. that that is where, aside from the suspensions and injuries and playing forward, this is where it could really go pear shaped. But I wouldn't have a drama if someone ranked him as their number one forward because I think that's within his wheelbag. Uh, yeah, agree. I got Dunkley at four. I have Trelaw at five, so I think Trelaw gets forward status. Oh wow! I didn't even consider it. Yeah, and I think you're gonna like. There's three players at at the Bulldogs in Hunter, 
Trelaw and Dunkley, and I think two of them will get forward status. Maybe only one. Uh, I think it's Dunkley and Trelaw. I, I, I'm probably more confident on mm-hmm. Trelaw than Dunkley. But the guy gets injured like oh, at wow. the drop of a hat and misses massive yeah. weeks. It's not like a two-week injury. It's friggin' six. Uh, I've got the great man. The salmon. Yeah, I've got the, <laughs> the great man, Toby Green, at six. I've got the chat at seven, which feels icky. Because we've done that dance before. Uh, I got Jake yeah. Stringer at eight, which, mm. man, 94 average in the second half. 94. Mm. I'm just not convinced he gets mid-time with them all stacked up. That's the problem, right? That's, that's the big problem. He did yep. it all without shield. It is the problem. Yeah, Shill and without Corbell. The only thing that I would say to that and Andy is, like Jordan Degoe, he's the match-winning, goal-kicking, taking centre... And he took centre bounces under um, Warsfold. I got Thomas at nine, and I got Butters at ten. I just can't buy into the Heaney thing. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That That is fair enough. I, I will say that's a bit of the chatter at the moment, so it's hard to ignore because he's been around that sort of top 10 forward mark for quite a few years. He's had a bit of a dismal 18 months, but we know what his class is, and if he does get midfield time, even if it's only a 10% bump, he's in that range. I will say, just with Taran Thomas, um, he is one I missed in the um, 22 under 22 last week, so I have to redo that list because he, he'll find himself in the mid to early teens. Yep. So apologies to the listeners for that. Uh, that's fine, Stato. He's in my keeper team. Um, I didn't have side bottom with forward status. Oh, I'm more than happy to drop him off. Yeah, I could imagine. I, I actually struggled to put him in this list. The, um, I thought he was scoring poorly because he's spent too much time in the forward line. Yeah, and look, maybe he did, and this is where we're sort of going off heat maps and uh, centre bounce attendance stats and all that sort of stuff. Uh, So the guy, like, I could see Pendlebury getting forward status. I can see Fife getting forward status. Uh, But some of these other guys, Mm. I could see Langford getting forward status. (laughs) But I think the forward's going to be interesting. All right. Did we get any questions? It is. Uh, it so is. we did have some listener questions, Sato. We'll get to them. You listeners, you and your questions. Ninja Spoon asks, Sam Walsh, Sarong in the mids. It's really a statement. Yes, they'll be playing midfield. Speaker number if he stays ruck forward. I don't know. Speaker. Who's Speaker. Speaker no English. Um, so uh, I, I think he will have forward status. I don't know if have forward or ruck and ruck, but I assume he would because there was probably a run of six games where he was a standalone ruckman. Um, so if he ends up being, um, remember how old Steph Martin is and his body had some tough times this year, if he ends up spending... Uh, more than half the season as the number one ruck, which I don't know if the coach really wants that, but if that's what happens, yes, he'll be in the top ten ruck and very much potentially in the top ten forwards. 
Yeah, you, uh, absolutely. We always look for those rocks with uh, forward status. It's uh, man, we've been waiting on English forever. It's uh, just yep, hasn't happened. We have. He, did, he also did ask, "Are we better off punting rucks and grab more mids?" Uh, unless you can get one of those um, big couple, I suggest that's a really good move because there will be some bargains late in drafts. Would, would you be surprised if rucks slid this year? Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I think everyone was a bit concerned at the beginning of the year, and we were right. So the highest averaging ruckman was one hundred and nine, being Max Gorn. So I, I that's I, way low. I, I wonder if they'll go through to the second round this year. Yep, like Grundy, Grundy in that. It'd be interesting. Uh, Faz asks Aaron Hall top five. The thought shakes me. Yeah, he could be. I'm not drafting him there, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not drafting him there either. Uh, Real Oogie Boogie Bush. Have two DPP holds in a keeper and have Zorko, Hall, Sidey, Langford and Harms. Thinking four of them lose DPP status. Who to use the two on can also trade in one other DPP. Won the grand final, so aiming again, age not a factor. Yeah, it's it's funny. I look at all those names um, and forgetting the DPP part of this question. Uh, the two I'm keeping, if I'm going for a win, is Zorko and Hall. We just had them both number one forward and number one or number two defender. Yeah, pretty easy, I would have thought. Cox asks, can you guys talk around some of the blokes that are potential additions? Like, where would they go in the ranks? I, if Warney gives forward status to Coniglio or... Cornelio, sorry, or Billings, where do they go? Yeah, Cornelio, um, he's just a bargain in a draft and he's got the potential to be in that top 15 to top 20 midfielders and I think he'll be in mid only. Um, so you'll be able to pick him up you know, anywhere between round 8 and round 10 unless he smashes out a couple of tonnes in the, in the pre-season games. Um, Billings, uh, he'll be a, a centre only, uh, I do believe. If he does get forward status, that's a big bonus for us. But look, at the end of the day, his form really dropped away. So again, he'll slide. So I think he'll be a bargain to someone. Yeah, I, re- I, I actually think Cornelio has a big chance to get it. And if he did, he'd certainly be in that top 10 forward mix. Yep, agree. You may have to go deeper for forward, says Russ. Well, I don't even understand what you mean, Russ. That makes no sense. Breno, yeah, when's the I, I think he's saying that. It, I think what he's basically saying is, you, you look at the forward list who had those positions this season. You got to go deep in that list to find out who's going to be sitting there in the in the top ten. And he's spot on the mark. There's not much there. Thin pickings. Mate, you're breaking up like you're in year 10 on me. Um, I've got no idea what's going on. Bruno, <laughs> I'm in year 10. Bruno says, when's the market share pod? <laughs> Bruno, the market share pod, uh, it's amazing how much footy changes over 10 years because of the constant rule changes and shit. Uh, I am working on it. We'll see what happens. And someone said the You Suck Show. Cool. Uh, the You Suck Show, I've listened to about five of our old podcasts and found like one horrendous take. So 
I'm not oh, sure wow. it's worth going back through all the old shows and listening through every minute. Yeah, exactly. I listen. There's nine players on every pod, at least. And I found one shit take in five pods. So... Was it Cam's? Yeah, it was. It was. And it wasn't even a horrendous take. It was like, <laughs> we all agreed. We were like, yeah, that's a good take. That seems like a straight bat. And uh, it just didn't play out. So I'm like, I'm not sure there's enough content for a You Suck show. We're too good. Um, so we're getting better with age. I like just think, a fine wine. Like a cask wine. Like, <laughs> Why is it that uh, those wine racks... With a harvest lane. Why is it that the wine racks come like only shaped for bottles? They don't come for boxes. The wine racks. I don't <laughs> understand that. Or is it just a shelf? We are the harvest lane of fantasy podcast. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, um, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Trade week, it's here. Well, we I talk. hope you survive that weather, mate. It's the, the shed's actually falling apart. The the fizz cave is is literally falling yep. apart. So, the, and sorry, listeners, we are cutting out quite a bit from each other. So there was a little bit of over talking. So I need some crafty editing by Steve. So <laughs> apologies for that, listeners. If any of that remains, yeah, it's going out as is, as is, as is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned next week. We'll be talking about all the machinations of Trade Week and the goings-on and all that sort of thing. Uh, we've got some big things planned for the preseason. We welcome back into the country our man, Matty Faz, who is doing quarantine at the minute uh, after coming back from Canada. Well done to Matty. Uh, he's heading up <laughs> our writing department. So good luck to you, Matt. Uh, sure you'll be listening to this on repeat as you do your 14 days uh, in solitary. But thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.